0: This is the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: Well, welcome, people. It is a Saturday morning, kind of a miserable Saturday morning in the tri-state area, going to have rain for the bulk of the day. But, but you get the Hockey Show from 7 to 8 this morning. You get a little Joe Wiz gambling advice from 8 to 9 and then yours truly back from 9 to noon right here on 98.7 ESPN. Of course, it is the Hockey Show brought to you by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Old Bridge, and Point Pleasant. And Slomans, call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Sloman Shield. Keep your family safe. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So Rangers played Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday of a possible six points this week, they accumulated five. So Rangers fans have to be feeling good. And the litmus test they had this week was passed with flying colors. How did it play out? We'll get to that. We'll get to the Islanders. We'll get to the Devils as well. Uh Lindy Ralph very unhappy with his Devils team after the performance they've put forth this week. Record-setting performance in the NHL this week. We'll get there. A Wayne Gretzky nugget later on during the course of the show. Uh the week ahead happening, the week what just happened. So this is the place you want to be for your local hockey fix. All right, Rangers little tour around the Metropolitan Division. Uh, this week, Sunday, it didn't start out well against the Flyers in any aspect. Um, Rangers came out a little bit dead. Flyers goaltending was exceptional. Rangers fell behind one nothing early in the first, two nothing midway through the first, stayed two nothing until early stages of period number three, and it went to three nothing. And most people at the Garden, I'm sure, had the thought of, we're, we're going to lose this game. It's the Flyers. They're not good. We're going to lose this game. So Panarin at 122 of period number three, his 19th of the season, Truba and Keandre Miller with the assist make it 3-1. Then at 1528, Mika Zabinijad, his 27th of the season, uh, Frank Vitrano, who has been some kind of an acquisition, and Ryan Lindgren with the uh, assist. And I'm going to be honest with you. And I always am. So I'm home in the midst of a fantasy baseball draft. It took very long and it was very monotonous. So I look up, I have the Rangers game on the television. I look up Rangers score. I look down. type in like a bid into the auction of a guy. I want fantasy baseball, look back up celebration again. And I'm thinking to myself, Oh, that's a long celebration for that goal. It's another goal. 12 seconds later, uh, Andrew Cobb scores his 16th of the season, assists to Panarin and Barclay Goodrow, and the Rangers have now tied the game at 3-3. We finish regulation, 3-3. We go to overtime, 3-on-3 three three for five minutes, still 3-3. We go to the shootout, and it didn't play out well for the Rangers. Zibanejad was stopped, Panarin was stopped. Hedl, as the Rangers were now down one nothing was also stopped, and the Rangers lose this one by the final of 4 to 3 in the shootout but trailing 3 nothing with 19 minutes to go in the game and winding up grabbing one point out of it i think you have to say that's a that's a pretty good success for the rangers last sunday so off monday and then the rangers back in action on tuesday now if you remember last time they played the devils In New Jersey, Rangers jumped out to an early 2-0 lead and it completely fell apart from there. Devils scored five in the second period and put up seven on the Rangers. And that was an awful, awful performance from the Rangers. So they won this one and it was some history in the making for the Blue Shirts all wrapped up into one. Uh, Sharon Govich for the Devils scored at 6.56 of the first period, making it 1-0. But at 11.07 on a gorgeous, and when I say gorgeous, I mean gorgeous, power play goal. Ryan Strom, just back in the lineup, scores from the slot, his 16th of the season, like I mentioned on the power play. Kreider and Panarin with the assist. Now you're tied at one one And then a special moment, we'll get to it in just a moment, Um, Chris Kreider at 1757 of the first period on the power play, his 47th of the season, assists Artemi Panarin again and Adam Fox, and that made it 2-1, uh, was 2-1 all the way through the rest of the first, all the way through the second period, and then Justin Braun at 355 of the third period with the goal, his sixth of the season, uh, Braden Schneider and Andrew Kopp with the assist, that made it 3-1. And that was your final score. Your three stars, Kreider 1, Strom 2, and Panarin 3. Now, let's take a listen to the huge, what turned out to be the game-winning goal for the Rangers on Tuesday night. Here is Don LaGreca, 7 ESPN. Dawes will try the far glass. Panarin quickly to Strom. Strom near circle. Back up top for Fox. Fox back to Panarin at the far wing. Down look, Kreider
2: deflection score! And that's a record 25 power play goals for Chris Kreider, the most in one season of Rangers history, and it's 2 1 Blue shirt. All
1: right, so that is 25 power play goals in one season. That's the record breaking that of Yarmir Yager. So you put that in the all time record books for the Rangers. And something Don couldn't have known or Dave couldn't have known at the time was that would wind up being the 10th game winning goal of the season as well and what does that mean that is also a record he stands alone this season's performance which is really record-breaking uh from Chris Kreider so who does he pass take a seat It's a laundry list of guys who had nine game-winning goals for the Rangers. Oh, my God. Yeah, a lot of game-winning goals. Don Maloney, um, Dave's brother, of course, in 1980-81, had nine. Mark Messier, nine in 96-97. Yarmir Yagard, nine in 05-06. Ryan Callahan, nine in 2011-2012. Brad Richards, nine, same season, 2011-2012. And Rick Nash had nine in 2013 In 2014. So I think it was probably easier to say that he broke the tie with six other Rangers, but we are the hockey show and we bring you all the latest as far as the Rangers, Islanders and Devils are concerned. Now, here is Chris Kreider after the game, kind of staying away from the question about the power play goal record.
3: Uh, means that our power play got off the schneid. I think we've been we've been talking about some of the things that we could do better the last few games. don't think it was just really a net positive for us in some of those games. So for our power play to, to get back out there and have a positive impact is huge. I mean, we're doing a lot of the things that we talked about over the last couple of days. Focused on, we're definitely improving on the, the things we wanted to improve on. So you know, going down the stretch here, it needs to be a positive for us and
1: hopefully continues to be. So as you can tell, Kreider, very humble, doesn't want to take a lot of the credit, but that's a lot of power play goals in one season, 25, and that's 25 of, of the 47 that he has so far this year. He was put on the spot yet again. Here is Kreider. What is setting this record mean to you?
3: I think it's just a testament to our power play I mean, the guys that I'm playing with are amazing So many weapons Obviously you got to respect Stromer in the middle Or else he's going to put the puck under the bar The whole reason I get that chance there is because he had already scored a goal And the goalie had to respect that shot again Obviously no one knows what the hell Artie's doing He's just throwing so much misdirection at the other team opening lanes So, I mean, that's unbelievable to watch 5-on-5 five in five on the power play And, I mean, if you're going to take away Artie and leave Mika Mika's going to burn you And Adam Fox is the reigning Norris Trophy winner So those guys get the puck to me in the, the right spot at the right time. So, so I just think you know, at the end of the day, it's a testament to the five-man unit.
1: It really is. Just a, I think it's fair to say an embarrassment of riches. That that power play unit has been great all year long for the Rangers. So they beat the Devils, get a little revenge, three-one. Um, good news, uh, Georgiev with the with the win. Rangers get the victory on Tuesday. Off on Wednesday. Back home Thursday. And stop me if you've heard this one. Rangers faced the Penguins in a very important game on Thursday night. Well, let's run through what happened. Igor Shosturkin. Brilliant. Rangers get the shutout victory. That's their third straight win over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And right after that game, Rangers had a six point lead over the Penguins. So that's where we stand right now. So if you incorporate the fact that the Rangers have the tiebreaker and that's not going to change, the Rangers, in essence, at this moment, have have really a six and a half point lead over Pittsburgh uh, with 10 games to play. This season. So how did it shake out Thursday night at what was a very electric Madison square garden first period, no goals. Each team had a chance at the power play, no real great chances. Shesterkin, a couple of good saves. Same thing for the penguins end of the first were scoreless. Didn't take long. Most people might not have been back in their seats when the goal was scored from Frank Vetrano, his 16th of the season at just 24 seconds of period number two, Kreider and Zabinijad with the helpers one nothing Rangers, and then at nine forty seven where everyone was fully seated, I would imagine at that point Artemi Panarin with the goal, his twentieth. Uh, Andrew Copp and Jacob Truba with the assist made it two nothing. A beautiful backhand from the slot for Panarin, and then at nineteen twenty two with the empty net, Dryden Hunt with the goal, his fifth. Zabinijad with the assist. So Rangers. Wind up with another victory over the Penguins. That's the third straight time they've done that. Your three stars. Let's let's really build like a crescendo here. The third star, Panarin. The second star, Vitrano, And the first star, thirty shots, thirty saves. That's right, as a great man once said, Igor Shosturkin, or Shosturkin, or Shosturkin, if you'd like to say Rangers with a three nothing victory now after the game this was a game that was actually on espn plus and i and i know you're impressed by this was actually able to figure out how to use espn plus on my television watch the entirety of the game on espn plus and on espn plus right after the game adam fox chatted with aj malesco
4: Well, you guys now have three straight wins against the Pittsburgh Penguins. What's your secret sauce?
5: I don't know if there's any secret to it. I think we just play the right way. Obviously, they're a really good team, neck and neck with us in the standings. And, uh, you know, these are kind of four-point games in that sense. So uh, I think we just bring a good energy, play the right way. And, uh, you know, they've been pretty good games.
4: And you guys have made a living off of your speed all season long. How have you seen your team's transition game evolve from last year?
5: Yeah, I think we're, uh, you know, a little bit more of a straight line team. Obviously, we have a lot of speed. And, uh, you know, once we're moving our feet, the skill kind of takes over. And uh, you could see it on some of the goals we score. But, uh, yeah, like you said, when we're moving our feet and, and getting up and down the ice, and that's when our skill can take over.
4: And, and tonight, Carolina get, come, came back. Right now, they're tied with Buffalo. The last I checked, 3-3. How closely, I know you guys may, after tonight, you might be tied with them. How closely are you watching the standings as they relate to you guys in your playoff push? Uh, I don't think
5: you're here watching it too closely. We we put ourselves in a good chance. Uh, you know, there's still you know 10 games games left in our season, and uh, you know we're trying to focus on that. But obviously, you, you see it, you notice it. But uh, you know, either way, there's there's no easy matchup. So uh, you know, wherever we finish, we finish, and we're just going to try and take that into playoffs.
4: Well, thanks so much for your time, Adam. Congrats on the win, and we like to have you know the Harvard crowd give a shout out.
5: <laughs> Love it. Thank you.
1: All right, there you have it. That's A.J. Molesko with uh, Norris Trophy winner Adam Fox from last season. A couple of things just to kind of clean up there. It was 3-3 at the time. Carolina went on for a 5-3 victory. You think about this now. Yes, you'd love to win the division. There's a tremendous accomplishment in that, especially what the expectations were for this year. But is your route to the Stanley Cup Finals or eventually maybe winning a cup any easier if you win this division? You could almost argue it's harder. Would you rather play Pittsburgh in round one or would you rather play Tampa or Boston in round one? I don't. I don't know that that's easier. I don't know that anything about that is easier. So if I'm the Rangers and I'm, a, I'm Gerard Gallant, I want to. I want to try to get that two spot. I want my first series at home, and I want to have guys as fresh and rested as humanly possible. Speaking of Gerard Gallant, I mean it works out so well when we do the show. Uh, Gerard Gallant here. He is after the game on Shusterkin shutout.
6: I thought he was excellent. People were worried about him. I wasn't. So he played real well tonight. Made some real key saves at key times. Definitely.
1: If you are ultimately overly concerned about Igor Shosturkin, you have a lot of time on your hands. Because this is, I mean, if not the elite goaltender in the NHL, certainly top two or three. Here is more Gallant. Did you see a game like this on the horizon from Igor?
6: Well, I mean, you don't know when he's going to pitch another game like that, but he's done it so many times this, in this building this year, and you know, on the road also. So he's he's played great for us. He's had, a, like I said, a so-called tough stretch a little bit lately. More the team on for me than than it was him. But tonight he was uh, he made
1: three or four outstanding saves. All right, so we could put that to rest, I would think, now. Shesterkin being in some semblance of a slump is now um, on the back burner. I I would have to say so. More Gerard Gallant. Did your team uh, feel your team kind of controlled the pace of play in this win against the Penguins?
6: It felt like it felt pretty good. I mean, the first period I thought was just back and forth, two teams feeling each other out. And then I thought the second period we played real well and had some good scoring chances. But I felt good about our team all night. I thought we played a solid game. A few mistakes, but not many.
1: Not many, and, and those uh, th- that there were were kind of covered up by Shesterkin and the Rangers with a 3 nothing victory. Now, I'm sure you saw it. Uh, late stages of that game got a little bit chippy, um, some fisticuffs towards the end, guys pinning other guys uh, down to the ice as the final whistle had blown. Was there kind of a, a message sent at the end of this game? No,
6: it's that's what's going to happen. When stuff like that happened. You know, there was nothing before that hit, and then obviously
1: guys aren't happy about a hit like that. And I didn't think they took care of it with the right call, but anyway. And that was, of course, the uh, the hit over on the side with Cop who went down with uh, looked like maybe there was a a bad shoulder. Um, Gerard Gallant. More from him. Now it feels like we've had this over and over and over, and that is. Rangers with a litmus test. Can they beat Tampa? Yes. Can they beat Carolina? Yes. Can they beat Boston? Yes. Can they beat Pittsburgh once? Yep. Twice? Yep. Three times? Yes. We continue to ask the question though. Here is Gerard Glant. What does a win like this do for your team? I don't
6: know. It puts the top six points on Pittsburgh and you know, we played this team real well all year. All the games have been good hockey games. We, You know, it's four times, and we won three times against them in the last roughly two weeks and, and played good games. So it's another, you know, stepping stone to keep our team going, and we want to win games. We want to get points, and that's the best we can do. we got 10 games left and see what happens.
1: The only thing the Rangers can do at this point is wind up, just win, win games, wind up with home ice in that first round, and prove it in the playoffs, because at this point they've accomplished everything in the post- In the pre in the in the regular season, you possibly could, and now it, it feels like you kind of look towards the postseason. All right, here is one more from Gerard Gallant on playing Pittsburgh, and he just kind of touched on this a little bit so many times down the stretch.
6: I mean, that's what happens in the division. You get a lot At the end of the season, you get a lot more divisional games. So it worked out good for us, obviously. I'm sure they're not too happy about going all in three against us. But again, who knows what's going to happen in, the, in two weeks' time or three weeks' time. We'll see
1: where it's at. And again, just because the Rangers have had their way recently against Pittsburgh does not mean by any stretch that if you play them in the postseason that this kind of run will continue. That being said, it has been a phenomenal season so far for the blue shirts. All right, the other two locals, it has not been phenomenal. We will touch on the Islanders, get into the Devils as well, go around the league a little bit, look to what we have this coming week for the three locals. There's a lot to do. Oh, and by the way, oh, an Islanders signed puck on the way as well. All that and more. It's the Hockey Show on a Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN.
7: Andy from Merrick presents today's Defensive Analytics, analytics. sponsored by Slomans, the leader in home defense. Sometimes the best defense is a good offense, and taking hold of an opportunity when it is available. This season, the Blue Shirts rank number two in the league in power play percentage, scoring more than 26% of the time. By contrast, the Islanders at 20% and the Devils at 17% have some work to do on their respective special teams.
0: Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: And welcome back to the Hockey Show. Like the man said, it is Rothenberg with you. Saturday morning right here on 98.7 ESPN. So we touched on the Rangers who had a, a really a great week. They got five out of a possible six points and got the two points against Pittsburgh while the Penguins got nothing. So that's kind of the high of where we are with the local hockey. Um, and now we take a, a little bit of a step down, but still important. You want to finish the the season well. And again, the Islanders with a, an outside chance, I guess, of finding their way into the postseason. So what did this past week look like for the Islanders? So they caught a bit of a break with their loaded schedule this week, and it wasn't as busy as it's been. Oh, by the way, before we analyze and look and and hear from Barry Trotz, we have an Islanders signed puck to give away. Maybe we'll do it now, and then we'll do it again. Kind of Big news! Jazz hands! (laughs) Very big news. Beautiful big jazz hands. An Islanders signed puck to give away. Very easy to enter. What do you do? You text. So you take out your phone and and get your your typing fingers ready and text GOAL, G-O-A-L, to 44202. Again, that's GOAL to 44202. Then what we will do is select a winner at random and send them the puck, all from your home for the hookup, 98.7. ESPN. So let's look at what the Islanders did this week. And then we'll hear, of course, from the head coach of the Islanders, Barry Trott. So Sunday, right, we're looking six days ago. And the Islanders starting to put themselves in position where, again, their games do have meaning down the stretch here because Washington doesn't have a commanding lead anymore over that second wild card spot. So Sunday against the Devils. Uh, and here's how this thing shook out. Islanders took a one nothing lead. At 11.56, J.G. Pajot with the goal. Palmieri and Pellick with the assist. 1-0 Islanders. Two minutes and four seconds later, this time on the power play, same goal score, J.G. Pajot with his, if you're scoring at home, his 12th now assist from Anders Lee. Into the second period we go. Guess who scored this time? I'll give you one guess. J.G. Pajot. It was his, fill in the blank, 13th of the season, pellick and Palmieri with the assist that made it three nothing for the islanders now devils fought back they scored 15 45 of the second into the third period they score again to cut it to 3-2 but guess who scored the fourth goal for the islanders oh i got you it wasn't jg pajot in fact kyle Palmieri, but an assist from jg pajot and adam pellick made it 4-2 uh devils with the goal made it 4-3, late stages of period number three, and that was that. So the Islanders go to Jersey and get the victory. Your third star, Adam Pellick. Your second star, Kyle Palmieri. And your first star with the hat trick and a point on every Islander's goal, and that is Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Islanders with a 4-3 victory. All right, so then Islanders on the road in dallas on Tuesday, and you can't deny that they have started to play a, a better brand of hockey. And and maybe if you're just an ardent Islanders fan, you start to have the thoughts of, my God, is there a real chance that we're going to get into the postseason? That took a, a real shot on Tuesday in Dallas at 729 of the first period. Uh, stars with the goal, making it one nothing. But only four minutes later, still on the first Guess who scored for the Islanders this time? Oh, that's right. JG Pajot with the goal. His 14th of the year. Dobson and Bailey with the assist. 1-1. With only 47 seconds left in the first period, though. uh, This is kind of a heartbreaker. Uh, Tyler Sagan with the goal. Makes it 2-1. Early second, Brock Nelson ties the game. At 2-2, and the Islanders fan is feeling good. But at 10-29, the goal for Dallas makes it 3-2. And for the entire second half of the game, it stands like that. 3-2 there. 3-2 is your final. Islanders leave Dallas pointless in what has to be a real shot for their postseason chances. Let's take a listen to the Islanders coach. Here's Barry Trotz on the loss down in Dallas.
8: Yeah, I thought their intensity was really good early and they were winning all the battles. They were winning all the races and they put volume of pucks to the net. They're a straight line. They get it. They throw it to the net. They have people there. They have good sticks and they create off that and they did. And they that's where their their volume came in. I thought uh, in the first they had like 15 shots or something like that. i have to look at that. But uh, sorry, I think it's 18. But they create a lot of volume and they won those races and they kept some puck possession. But I, I thought we sort of gathered ourselves a, a little bit but we didn't we didn't put the puck in the play enough and therefore we didn't spend as much time early as you saw as a, in the third period we did we got it there we weren't looking for a, a cube play we were just put it we we're putting it into play and uh, we actually got some pretty good looks out of it and not necessarily off the initial maybe the initial shot but the, what came off of the initial shot the secondary stuff and we had some good looks but couldn't get one by him and then obviously you know game winner is a shorthanded goal that's a kick in the in the butt so we
1: don't need that. Just absolutely awful for the Islanders there to to have the game winning goals, a, a shorthanded goal. has got to be extremely, really extraordinarily uh, painful. And Dallas needs this one because Dallas is really fighting to get themselves into uh, the postseason as well. So, again, Dallas really needed that game. They got it. Islanders didn't. Now, there was a moment in this game where the Islanders had a, a, a chance to maybe take a goal off the board, uh, they went with a challenge against Dallas, their first goal of the game. And it looked like they might win this one. So here is Trots explaining um, that he was kind of surprised that he lost that challenge early on.
8: I was really surprised at that to be honest with you our guys I would make that call our guys have been fantastic you know, making those calls and you know to me you know it was explained that the, the, you know Ben wasn't in the blue wasn't trying to lean in and, and interfere and Varley was a little bit outside the, the blue but to me it's just coincidental contact even the goalie should be it doesn't matter if he is, for me if he's in the blue or a little bit above the blue if there's contact and he can't make the you know the next save then it's uh, it's not it shouldn't be a penalty it should be just coincidental contact no goal and I make that call 100 times over 100 times and I, I thought we were going to win it and I, I was uh, one of the few times where I was actually confident that I shouldn't say a few times but one of those times where I was like for sure that's goal interference and you know they said that because like, Varley was reaching and Ben made no he was looking for the puck you know so yeah, that's to me I disagree with that doesn't matter where the, the goalie's trying to make the save uh, inside the the blue or outside the blue, and the teams are shooting to the back post or anything there. They're going to move there. They're, it's just natural. So I, I disagreed with the call, but that gets me nothing. Gets me some feathers in the bag right now.
1: I don't know they actually get feathers even in the bag for uh, disagreeing with the call. But I, I will say that it's unusual for a coach to feel ultimately that confident that he's going to win a challenge and then go on uh, to lose that challenge. Now. Uh, Tough loss. We know that. We've covered it. One of the bright spots for the Islanders in this game. They scored two goals, and uh, Noah Dobson had assists on both of those goals. So here's Barry Trost kind of discussing um, Dobson's game improving as the season moves along.
8: Yeah, Noah was really good. He made some really poised plays. I think he had two assists tonight. Keeps continuing to grow. Played, you know, big minutes, and you know, at the end, he 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 gave us a, a chance at one more crack at it. So you know, he just keeps continuing to grow. And as we said, you know, the, the growth played for him has been been pretty steady.
1: And I know we've mentioned it all year, but I I think it needs to be revisited often. Is it the fact that the Islanders have gone to two consecutive? I guess you can't even say Eastern Conference Finals, but like semi-finals in the NHL. And last year was as painful as you could possibly imagine, losing in Game 7 to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. And then they turn around this year, they, they have to start on the road, then they get hit with COVID. I mean, this has been a very, very difficult situation that the Islanders have had to deal with this year. All right, I promised you I'd mention it again. Here it is, an Islander signed puck. We're going to give it away. Uh, easy to enter. Babies could enter this right now. Here's what you do. Text GOAL, G-O-A-L, to 44202. Again, that's GOAL to 44202. We will then select a winner randomly and send them the puck. It's all from your home for the hookup, 98.7 ESPN. All right, so you've had your Rangers conversation. You've heard from Barry Trotz, and we've discussed the Islanders, the Devils. Now, this is different because there's some annoyance and anger coming up from the Devils head coach. In games they they allowed so many goals this week. It's troubling. We'll get to that. We'll do it next right here on the Hockey Show on uh, 987 ESPN.
7: Today's Hockey Heart Spotlight shines on our military heroes. The New York Islanders proudly recognize military personnel who have served our country. These true heroes protect America and all citizens. At each home game at UBS The organization has and will continue to honor military heroes with VIP tickets, special in-game recognition, and are provided with a customized jersey presented by an Islander alum. Help the Islanders honor a service member from your community for this heartfelt tradition. Contact the Islanders Community Relations Team or go to nhl.com forward slash Islanders forward slash community. Submit your nominee. Hockey Heart Spotlight is brought to you by the Law Offices of Andrew M. Cohn for two decades providing high-end legal services for families who have a child with a disability. The power play is to call 516-877-0595 or go to the web at amcoenlaw.com.
0: Now back to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: Well, we've covered both of the uh, Islanders and Rangers in the first two segments, and now we turn our attention to the Devils, who, and there's no two ways about it, have had a very rough season. But it was a very eventful week for the Devils, playing not twice, not thrice, but four games this week. They are playing out the string. We've been there, we know that, it's factual. But there are some moments of what we're going to recap, which are really wild for the Devils. So, a week ago today, they took on the Panthers at home, and it looked for all the world that the Devils were going to find their way to not just a victory, but a comfortable victory. Three twenty-five at the first period, Sharon Govich with the goal, one nothing. Seventeen seconds later, two nothing. Jack Hughes. Then it was two one at nine o two. Sharon Govich again makes it 3-1, to one. and all of a sudden, you're, you're looking up saying, my God, the, the Devils, they are a terrific team. Look at them roll over, maybe the best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Devils make it 4-1, then it's 4-2. Sharon Govich, again, that's a hat trick, makes it 5-2. Andreas Johnson makes it 6-2. And all of a sudden, at the end of two periods, you say to yourself, the Devils are going to hammer maybe the best team in the East. Well, that goes tumbling away Very quickly. At 534 of the third period, it's 6-3. At 703, it's 6-4. At 1523, it's 6-5. At 1836, we're tied at 6. And then in overtime, the Devils finish the collapse and lose this one 7-6. They allowed five unanswered to end the game. Awful performance by the Devils. I'm sorry. If at any point you have a 6-2 lead in a game I don't care who you're playing where you're playing what time the game is you need to find a way to close it out I don't care if you're going up against the 83 Islanders the 84 Oilers you need to figure out a way how to close this game out 7-6 devil's loss that's last Saturday then and we discussed this already they followed that one up with a 4-3 loss to the Islanders the next night. So we knew that, all right, 4-3, not an awful loss. Then Tuesday against the Rangers, we went through that one as well as the Islanders, uh, I'm sorry, as the, uh, the Rangers beat the Devils by the score of 3-1. to one. So then we head into the game on Thursday. And I remember on Saturday, we just went through all the scoring and what was a lot of goals for Florida, 7. And you don't see 7 all the time. You certainly don't see 7 twice in one week, or do you? In the first period, Montreal gets on the board with Nick Suzuki, making it 1-0. Jake Evans makes it 2-0. Thomas Tatar made it 2-1, and then Cole Caulfield made it 3-1. So we're at the end of the first period, and we're already 3-1. Now, take note of this, because we'll hear from the head coach on it, A.J. Greer. And maybe you're saying to yourself, who's A.J. Greer? Just called up. A.J. Greer, with his first goal of the season, cuts the lead in half to 3-2. But it's 4-2, just a minute 20 later. Then to the third, it's 5-2 by Weidman. 6-2 by Dvorak. Ty Smith with the goal. Uh, Jesper Brat with the goal, makes it 6-4. But another one for Montreal, and your final score in this one is 7-4. to And I'm sorry, that is just absolutely unacceptable. Losing games with young guys you can deal with. Losing games by allowing multiple performances of seven goals in the course of a week, it's just unacceptable. So here's Lindy Ruff. Coach, what went wrong? Well, he
9: gets scored against right away. Two quick ones. You know, I think we need a save on at least one of those two. You know, if you look at the goals, there's two goals, rush sort-outs where we misplayed badly, uh, the breakaway goal, and then that later goal in the third period where, you know, those are goals we haven't been given up. You know, those are, you know, I know, I understand Dougie was shooting a puck from, you know, the far wall, but our read on that play uh, wasn't, wasn't good. You know, let a guy walk in all alone. And then just the D's read when they split the middle.
1: Yeah, seven goals, a lot of goals. Now, what the Devils are starting to do, and you can see this and you understand why, is calling up the young guys, calling up the, the future guys. So they called up A.J. Greer and they called up Fabian Zetterlund as well, both from their minor league affiliate. Uh, both guys played and both guys looked pretty decent and both guys uh, got time on the power play. So overall, coach, how did uh, Greer and Zetterlund look to you?
9: You know, for the first time, Sutherland got decent ice time. He got to play an important role, got some power play time. I like both players. They've been important players for Utica. They've worked hard. They worked hard tonight. They had influence on the game, both of them. And, you know, I think that's important. You know, you always want a better look, and they got a better look, and I thought we got results from it.
1: And uh, performance from both guys. Now, like I mentioned, Greer scored. Wasn't his first uh, career-wise, but his first of the season. He got about 12 minutes of... Uh, of action out there scored a goal had one point uh discuss coach the impact of a.j greer's goal
9: you know like i said to him and when he went down before he thought that was his best game and i said we need tonight's game to be even better than your best game and i thought it was again his down low play was really strong yeah the goal you know to take it from below the goal line was a great effort on his part i'm happy in that regard that these guys have worked really hard for utica played really well for utica been a big part of that and they came here and and played that well.
1: So the fact that they were playing well in the minor league system and now they get brought up to the big club and they get meaningful games towards the end of the season. Very important. I think very important for the future uh, of the Devils. Now, we mentioned Zetterlin was minus one on the game, had four shots on goal. Give us kind of your your breakdown of what uh, Fabian Zetterlin did in this one.
9: You know, I think it's really tough to play five or six minutes yeah. when you get called up. And you can't judge a player on that. It's easier to judge a player. I don't I don't even have any check their minutes tonight, but I, it's easier to judge a player when he gets into a little bit of the rhythm of the game. And for me, when I go through the game, you know, there's, there's going to be lots of opportunity to, to look at, you know, the details of his game, which I thought overall were pretty good.
1: So Zetterlin gave you 15 minutes of action, but also... Uh, got some time on the power play, which is nice for the Devils. Let's take a listen. Here is Lindy Ruff on, you know, did you like Zetterlund uh, being on that man advantage?
9: Yeah, it, you know, I think that's the look we wanted to, to use. We wanted to get more pucks going. I think uh, with all the lefties we've had on the power play, there hasn't been a lot of one-timers, and that's where he's been doing a lot of damage. So, you know, we had a couple looks with him, and it's uh, something we want to continue to try.
1: So the Devils finished this four-game stretch, and obviously it was rough. We talked about the Panthers' loss, the Islanders' loss, the Rangers' loss, and the loss to Montreal as well. It's a struggle right now, but you've got to finish the season, and you've got a way to, to figure out a way that even though the games don't have all that much importance to at least give some more fight and play better defensively, and now they go on a long road trip. So Lindy Ruff was asked after the game last night, what do you say after the loss as your team gets ready for an extended road trip? To
9: continue to work hard, to continue to play our game. And, you know, I think we continued to battle hard back. In second period, we could have had five or six goals. I mean, we had Brad in on a breakaway, Quoken in on a breakaway. We didn't finish those opportunities. Is to play the game the way we need. We had a tough night in goal. We had a tough night in goal. But don't quit. Play your game. Control what you can can play throughout your shift. Make the plays that
1: you need to make. Control the plays that are in front of you. And play hard. Play hard for your teammates. Oh, you can hear that. That's an annoyed head coach. You know, he comes out and says flat out, goaltending, not good. Play hard, give effort. If you ever hear that from a head coach, that's about as strong as a statement and a sentiment as you're going to get. He expects more and he kind of demands more. And and on the heels of that, here is Lindy Ruff saying, you know, combating frustration when really things aren't going your way right now.
9: Well, things were going our way, we just didn't finish. We made the plays. We got people in the right spots. You know, the frustration with not scoring, you know, the goalie made good saves. That's part of the game. You know, and I think when you get those opportunities, it's something that can change where the game is going. And we had those opportunities. We scored one, and then we immediately had another chance to really carry some some great momentum, but we didn't score. And we did it for a good period of time. I think it would have been easy again to, you know, you get down, you see a goal going you don't like, you've been playing really well, your next shot goes against you but uh, I'll give these guys credit they don't and we talk about no quit do your job play your game and I think we've been able to push through that for the most part
1: So this was a tough week and we'll we'll get to the week ahead in just a moment but it it is no easier this coming week as to what you saw uh, this past week the schedule is is very very daunting So again we have kind of like the the three bears here you got the the great, team right now and that's the Rangers. You got the team that's at least fighting and competing and somewhat alive in the Islanders and you got a team that is, you know, really really struggling as you just heard from Lindy Ruff with the Devils. So, those are the three. Now we get a look ahead and this is exciting. So we we have the look ahead. We have this date in hockey history and we have a record-setting performance by a team north of the border all that and more it's the hockey show on this saturday morning with you right here on 987 espn let's
0: get a little extra money in your pocket
7: and if America presents wager plays for april 9th this afternoon the new jersey devils visit the dallas stars those stars should have no problem with this scrappy devil team Tonight at 7 p.m., the Rangers host the Senators at MSG. Let the money flow on the Rangers as they continue their march to the playoffs. And finally, the Islanders visit St. Louis. The Islanders continue to play hard for Coach Barry Trotz, but the Blues need this game more in what you would expect to be a tightly contested, low-scoring game. Andy from Merrick's Wager Plays are for entertainment only. As always, bet with your head, not with your heart. Gambling problem? Dial 877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y.
0: Back to the Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.
1: Well, you've got it locked in here on a Saturday morning. Some hockey conversation on 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, it is the Hockey Show. Brought to you by Slowmans. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to receive a free doorbell camera with the installation of your Slowman shield. Keep your family safe. All you have to do to do that is call 1-800-ALARM-ME. So this is a three-pronged segment here. We're going to take a look back at this day in hockey history. We're going to look at... Yeah, really far back. We're going to look at the greatness of a current player in the NHL. And we'll also look ahead to what we have coming up this week for the three locals. Amazingly enough, people, we are three weeks away from the end of the regular season. All right, let's start by taking a look back at this day in hockey history. April 9th, 1987. I think you're familiar with his work. Wayne Gretzky ties a single-game playoff record with six assists and passes Hall of Famer Jean Beliveau. For the all-time career playoff scoring lead during the Oilers' thirteen to three victory against the LA Kings in Game Two, then this will bring you back in the wayback machine of the Smythe Division Semifinals. Gretzky tallies point one seventy seven, moving him past Beliveau for the most points in Stanley Cup. History extends his record to 382 before retiring in 1999. Just records that may never be broken. The Oilers set a record of their own for most goals in a playoff game. 177 playoff points and he finished with 382. Also, on top of that, I mean, this... No, I don't want to say this version of Wayne Gretzky because that's just not fair. But one of the great scores this league has to offer at the moment... Austin Matthews, an American from Arizona, currently playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, he's having an unbelievable season and now a record setting season after his performance on Thursday night against the Stars. Let's take a listen to the goal and then we'll explain what it meant.
2: Now Matthews with it again to Geo, to Matthews, scores! There it is! There it is! History made! Austin Matthews scores his 55th goal of the season!
1: 55 goals on the season. couple of things. We're not done yet, and that's courtesy of uh, Sportsnet 590 in Toronto. So Austin Matthews, 55th goal on the season, with still 10 games to play, passes Rick Vive, Um, for the most goals in Maple Leafs history in a single season, but he didn't stop there. This game went to overtime against Dallas, and Matthews did it again.
2: Go by him and now starts out. His pass comes ahead to Nylander. In across the line with Matthews. Matthews is going to circle back and at least get the rest of the change done. Marner with him. Matthews driving the net into a goal. He scores! Austin Matthews wins the game and this time it is definitely number 56 on the season and the Leafs have won it on a spectacular rush by Austin Matthews Holy mackinac, what a treat to watch this kid
1: He really is a treat. And that, of course, again, courtesy of Sportsnet 590 in Toronto. The 56th goal of the season by Austin Matthews. That is the most ever by an American-born player in one season. He is phenomenal. We'll see what the playoffs bring for Austin Matthews and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, right now, let's turn our attention to the upcoming schedule presented by the All-American Auto Group with locations in Paramus, Hackensack, Bridge and Point Pleasant, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast, allamericanford.net. Rangers, three games all at home, one very difficult game, two that, I don't know, they should be able to figure out a way to win, although they didn't last time against the Flyers. So here's what the Rangers have this week tonight 6 30 right here keep it locked in 98 espn against the ottawa senators so that's game one that's tonight game two of the three and this is the big one last time out they stole a win down in carolina they're now competing big time against carolina for the division tuesday also 6 30 right here on 98 7 espn and the following night the back-to-back in Listen, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but tell me you couldn't see this. Rangers Tuesday, find their way, play big time, get the win over Carolina, come out, no energy, loss on Wednesday at home against the Flyers. You hate to predict, but you could see that happening uh, Wednesday, 630 against the Flyers. Also right here on 98.7 ESPN Islanders. Very, very busy week uh, Today. At St. Louis against the Blues, 7.30. You can catch that one over on 10.50 a.m. Then Tuesday against the Penguins. They can do a little help to the Rangers' causes. Um, That game is at home against the Penguins. You can catch that game 7 o'clock on 10.50 a.m. Thursday, the Penguins again. This time it's in Pittsburgh. That one right here on 98.70 ESPN at 6.30. And then the next night, Friday, north of the border in Montreal, a game also on ninety eight ESPN, and you can hear that one start at 6.30 as well. So three for the Rangers, four for the Islanders, and the Devils who have had a rough go of things recently. It doesn't get much easier. Saturday, of course, that is uh, today, uh, 2 o'clock at the Stars. Tuesday, late night, 10 o'clock against the Coyotes, and then maybe the best team in hockey Thursday, nine o'clock in Colorado against the Avalanche. So again, for the Devils, it's today two o'clock against the Stars, Tuesday, 10 o'clock at the Coyotes and Thursday, nine o'clock against the Colorado Avalanche. So there you have it. I mean, we laughed, we cried. It was better than cats. I really feel like we did everything you could possibly ask for on a Saturday morning. Joe Wiz, on the way next, then I'll be back for three hours. And, of course, it's hockey later on with the Rangers and the Senators. And We must now give thanks to who? Anthony Pusick does a great job. I could not do the show without the great job of one Anthony Pusick. Our executive producer, um, Andy from Merrick, does a great job. Phenomenal. Appreciate all the help he gives us. And, of course, it all gets done, but nobody does more than one Ray Dinahan. So, for Anthony Pusick... Andy from Merrick, Ray Denehan, Joe Wiz. I'm back. Rangers action. It's all happening. Have a great weekend right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Thanks for listening to The Hockey Show with Dave Rothenberg, presented by the All-American Auto Group, the number one Ford auto group in the Northeast. Learn more at allamericanford.net.